0: Good evening. Welcome to another edition of the Houston Round Ball Review presents Folks Talking Sports. I am KG Chris Gardner, owner and co founder of the Houston Round Ball Review. With me right now is Willie Gibson from Ohio and WTG Sports. How are you, sir?
1: Doing well, sir. How about you?
0: Doing well. And let me do better this time off the bat as we're here on Folks Talking Sports. And of course, Folks Talking Sports is available on the Houston Roundball Review. YouTube channel, and also Folks Talk Sports on Twitter. And here we are, just uh bring him in, Mr. Andyanes. How are you, sir?
2: Doing good, Chris. How are you guys doing?
0: I'm doing well. well. Let's get into it. Mr. Gibson, I'm going to give you props and grief. Okay. Props, you said that Eric Spolster would coach circles Around Boston head coach, Mr. Missoula. Yep. Hexagons. Yep. That's right. You didn't say hexagons. Miami went into Boston, won the first two games, up 2 0. Grief. I don't know. You Here and you I go. also, both of us, picked <sighs> Lakers to beat the Nuggets. Lakers yep. are one loss away from being broomed and swept out of the playoffs. So, how, yep. do, you, how do you digest
1: that, sir? Uh not well. Not well. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um the first part, I love it. I mean I, I even I never expected uh Miami uh to win two in Boston. I almost text you guys Friday night like, like I changed my prediction. Miami in four. But I, I don't I don't really believe that. But um the, the LA piece, I mean Props to Michael Malone and his staff in Denver. I mean, you got to give it to him. But he's letting us know that we haven't been giving him his props and his team their props. He's letting us know every postgame.
0: And, I mean, one of my reasons for not picking them is because they hadn't done it yet. And the defense was not very good. The defense has been solid throughout. And the Lakers, they've had – droughts at the wrong times but the nuggets have hey they've won these games okay yes. if it's joker jamal murray i mean other guys have stepped up bruce brown former detroit piston bruce brown another one of those awful but i digress anyway <clears throat> let the man go whatever it's the reason why the stones are where they are and have been for a while but okay so kudos to the nuggets for getting it done for getting the dubs and as i've said and other platforms, and said to you and fans, it's not. Yeah. It's not Denver's fault if the Lakers aren't getting it done. It's if your opponent's not doing that part, you know what you do? You step on their neck, take that W, and move on. <laughs> that's what you do, and that's what Denver's doing. So, yes, salute to them. Kudos to them. Boston. Boston has more individual talent. But they are not playing as the better team. And clearly, they do not have the better head coach. So, those factors right there. And, full disclosure, I read about it, did not watch game two because I was at the theater getting some culture and celebrating in honor of one of my best friends who passed away. But her birthday was on May 19th. But she got me involved in the theater. So, I want to go to the theater on her birthday. So, I didn't see the game. But I hear about, Spoke going to zone. And I'm just floored at how pro players act like they have no idea. Hell, pro coaches act like they have no idea how to defeat a zone defense. Like it's the first time in your life that yeah. you ever went against zone. I'm like, you had it in high school, college. It's like, oh, the NBA zone. What do I do? I had no idea. What I... So y'all take it right there. Because I want to get into the fun discussion about Mr. Harden. (laughs) More about Mr. Harden. But go ahead and talk about uh, Boston. and Andy, you you chime in on your thoughts on Boston and what they're not doing or what Miami is doing.
2: Well, we got to start with Miami and, and... I guess if we're gonna go with what they are doing, what Jimmy Butler is doing, uh, kind of featuring both teams. But I can tell you what Grant Williams did uh, after Enduring during Game Two. And I was talk poke the bear, poke the bear, and yeah, yep, yeah. trash to Jimmy Butler, which you know, what like, <clears throat> was the stat that kind of sparked the the. What was the run that Miami went on? Was it thirteen to four? Thirteen? Uh, it was something along those lines. Long story short, Miami ended up taking advantage of that gamer taking the lead in that game, and they never looked back. Now they're up to zero, and and they're on the verge of keeping pace with the Denver with the Denver Nuggets for 3-0 in the Western Conference series. But it comes down to. Really, it just comes down to all the little details. When I agree with you, what you said, Chris, but Boston, at least on paper, has the better talent. Even though they've that core of players have been playing together for years now, and they've had relatively sustainable success for the most part, being able to make deep playoff runs for whatever reason this season. And it's not just in these first two games against Miami. You got to go back to against Philadelphia. I mean, that's the reason why they were on the verge of being. Eliminated against the Seventy ers even going back throughout the regular season. So, props to Eric Spolster to Miami Heat, and I mean they're just playing with with. I know they told this to LeBron heading into the Western Conference Finals, but Miami's kind of the team that's playing with house money. And once they toppled over the Milwaukee Bucks, they they really have no pressure, and they're just going out there and they are imposing their will on all these teams in the playoffs so far, and really. A lot of times they're just going out there and they're out out punking them. I mean, they're the physical team. They're the ones that are crashing the boards. It seems like every time that even when teams get a stop, Miami crashes the offensive rebound and they come away with a big shot, big possession. So, kudos to the Heat. It's much more credit to them.
0: You know, and Boston has better individuals. But they've had what-the-hell moments for the last three years. You know, they've had brain farts like giving big leads away or having a quarter of this trash defense, like they just snooze and they haven't learned from it. So different coaches, you know, but players still there. The The Jays there, Grant Williams, Marcus Smart, some of these same dudes there making the same mistakes, same brain farts. So Miami's like, thank you very much. We don't have, don't know not to do that. Our coach, hell, us players, we know not to do that. Robert Williams, inbound mistakes. You know, I mean, things like that. Who, forgetting who to, who to guard. You know, I mean, this, this, they do that consistently. And up until now, they've been able to overcome it. But so far, these first two games, Jimmy Butler spoke. No, no, no. Y'all give us an inch. We're going to take a mile. And make you pay for your mistakes make you pay for your your sleep (laughs) you're going to sleep at the wrong time you're napping on on offense or on defense so salute to the heat and i want to get your thoughts on this because just i know where justin's going with it but justin what what about the heat (laughs) what was their record what were they in in the regular season they were in the play
2: They were dead in the water. when <laughs> They, they, in they the got water. smoked by Atlanta,
0: and they were down to the Bulls. Okay, really? down Four to the Bulls. Were, and so they were almost done before this run they've gone on. So, is Miami overachieving, or did they just? Yeah, we don't need the regular season. It doesn't mean that much. So, so which is it? The Lakers, they changed their team in February. Yep. So the first fifty games of the season, it's not even the same team. So if this team were together for a full – Lakers were together for a full season, I doubt they'd be around 12th in the West. No. They'd be fighting for five, you know, four or five in the West. That's what I think. But, well, where is it? I got uh, – you got to – you're, you're a Buckeye. Yeah. <laughs> He's just not playing well, What
1: are your thoughts on it? Facts. He's not playing well. Um, Averaging nine points a game in the Western Conference Finals. And I had someone earlier tell me today, well, they wouldn't be in the Western Conference Finals without D'Lo. Well, you got to remember, when they made this trade, he missed like three weeks right after the trade. I think the second game he played, he injured his ankle, and he sat out for like three weeks. So he really wasn't a part of this run that they had. Early on, um, they've seen him before in LA. You know, Magic famously said, <laughs> "I need a leader." He's not a leader. Yeah, I got to get him out here. And now he's back. I think where they smoke their fire. I think the sign trade for Kyrie might be on the ta- on the books for now. <laughs> I mean,
0: <laughs> no, I laugh because that's. Something that Bomani Jones and Ron Winhorse discussed in the in Winhorse podcast that came out today late last oh, night. Oh, oh, did they? Was was one of the possibility of Kyrie becoming a Laker. Oh, okay. And it was tied into um the money that teams, you know, Kyrie has, has has had issues. Kyrie has burned bridges in previous stops, but Kyrie talented, and teams were like, eh, there's three or four teams that won't happen here. We can fix Kyrie. We can solve those problems. Well, Lakers, one of those teams. <laughs> so yeah. don't be surprised if Kyrie becomes a Laker. Spring up. Speaking of, did y'all see it? Twitter. The what's the, the aggregators who went with um, turned articles and tweets all about from Windhorse comment about there is an appetite for. James Harden to get a four year deal, 50 million per. I went I and found the podcast, the part of the, that podcast with him and Bo. First part, if you don't know, recognize voices. First part is Bamani. And then Windhorse says it.
2: Just
0: he... <laughs>
1: some horrible ideas. Yeah,
2: I mean, paying James Harden $50 million a year
0: over four years, which is what it seems like um, there appears to be an
2: appetite for. I mean, it's it's it. I mean it's it's insane. It's I mean
0: <laughs> it's the whole thought I have as I see through all of this, like the talent is spread oh. out enough and there's just enough the parody that everybody can really trick themselves into what might be some horrible ideas.
2: Yeah, I mean paying James Harden fifty million dollars a year over four years, which is
0: what it seems like um, there appears to be an appetite for
2: I mean it's it's it, I mean, it's
0: it's insane. It's I mean, <laughs> I mean, who who are these teams? Who are yeah. who in the hell? And heaven help rocket fans. If the rockets are one of those teams willing to give James a four year deal, the, the four years is bad enough for me. Okay, that's two years too much. If I'm the Rockets, but fifty million per.
1: I think they're the only team, truthfully, me
0: I think the I mean. Philly might do it it's no. it's, it's well A. might do it yeah i i mean here's here, here you will, this is for you <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey uh, hey speaking of that number one appreciate you joe harris Harris' mad Harris' mad, I hope I said that right he also hit me up on twitter. And he asked, he said, hey, you know, you, all, you got to smile. And why do I always look at the screen? Why do I look away from the screen? And I'll address that if I can. Sure, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Say, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So when I do terrestrial radio, over the air radio, there's monitors ahead of me. And perhaps I might need to set, change my setup in my home studio, but there's a screen to my left. So if you see me go like this, I'm always cognizant of something that's going on, maybe a game yeah. or if something I can bring to the show. So right now, it's Miami-Boston pregame. So if you see me go like this, and I, I'll be mindful of it and, and not do it as much. I'm always looking to see if something may have happened and may have occurred that I can bring to the show. But I'm mindful of that. and I am smiling, Joe. I am smiling, Coach Samson. But- and, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're good. Yeah.
0: We're good. So, yeah, for folks who are wondering or <laughs> what the reference is, is Thursday – the three of us were on The Lunch Break. And, of course, that's also available on Paul Sam & Jim YouTube and Houston Trying Review YouTube with Coach Sampson. And it was the first time Coach Sampson was on that show with us, and he saw Will as soon as Coach popped on the show, basically, kind of right. the studio. Will, you're not smiling, man, like you're sucking on a lemon. <laughs> so he said that yeah. a couple <laughs> times, but but it's all good. But if you haven't seen that show, I urge you to go watch it. Coach Sampson spoke with us for about 40 minutes. Yeah. A lot of info, a lot of insight. And he on told me, initially, he'd give us 10 minutes. So he did it times four. So, and then at the end of it, he gave us some good advice and some yeah. words of encourage, encouragement as well. So definitely check it out when you get a chance. But yes, Tony Elmer <laughs> in reference to the oh, hard that four-year deal.
1: Answer.
0: Woo! You yeah. know, but yeah, get, get your thoughts on it, Andy and and Will. Four years. Let's I mean, let's go with that. Four years. Does that make sense to you?
1: No, no. That takes it
2: to age thirty
1: eight season. Oh, sorry. Man. Right.
2: No, it it we we're thinking the exact same thing. I mean, this is we, well a week ago, game seven, Boston, Philadelphia. James Harden looked like, I can't remember who said this. And I can't remember if it was said on ESPN or might've been on another uh, network, but they said that James Harden is probably the oldest 34 year old that they've ever seen in the NBA, with just the way he plays. And there was times during that series, especially in game six and seven against the Celtics where he, he he couldn't get past the, the initial defender and he was losing the ball, losing the handle. Now fast forward four years from now when he's 38 years old what what are we doing? What, what could how could you give him a long-term commitment like that when he's already starting to show signs of hey first of all if it's at a max deal like Brian Winhorse said it's insane but then just talk about the length does not even get involved with potentially how much the deal would be worth, but just the length. James Harden is a 38 year old. Would he even play till he's 38? It, it makes no sense. My
0: question for both of you and Jackson Gatlin on last night's or Saturday, if you're watching later on, let's talk Houston Rockets with me. He asked me, talking about you know this before this 50 million came out. He asked me what I thought if James Harden, how much, how many years did I think he had left before? A decline in talent and fall off a cliff. I said, "Well, he's already having a, a decline in talent. <laughs> That's already showing. But a fall off a cliff two years. Do you agree with that, or do you think it's sooner, like like a year that he falls off a cliff? Because when it happens, it happens, and it's like going like
2: be- Peyton Manning's last season, honestly." Yeah. And uh, two year, I could see that. I could see the two year window. And I I think it might come sooner, to be honest. It's starting to show cracks. And it depends on what role he's asked. Like, if if he's playing on a team that has more talent where he can kind of. brings a whole opens up another whole another can of worms because apparently reports are he wants to get back to playing a different style instead of how he has been with Philadelphia past few seasons and even going back to his days in Brooklyn. If he's on a team where there's more talent and he can just be a distributor, I think yeah. that'll extend his 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 prime's already passed, but I think it could extend his his very years where he's making a significant impact on a team. If he comes Chris back, B. Haynes, yep, and he goes to a team that, and I, it just makes no sense. But a team where he would be asked to be more of a scorer, a year max, two years max.
0: Because, we 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 exchanged messages about this when Haynes put it out there. A last line: competitive roster and the basketball freedom for the star to be himself. You want
1: to kick it. That's, that's, that's both. I want to play basketball, but I also want to be out here.
0: It sounds like he wants Mike and Tony to coach him. <laughs> that's Don't. what it sounds like to me. And
2: that's the reason why he's in the conversation. Because yeah. that is not Emu
0: Udoka. Oh, no, mm-hmm. that's not. See,
2: and that's the other thing. Chris, Well, this is what I was thinking about over the weekend. Say that Harden does come back to Houston. Say it's a three-year deal or 3, 4 years, longer than 2 and he starts having conflict with Ime Udoka now what is that gonna where will Tillman Fertitta's kind of thought process be like if he has his star And I can't remember what article it was but one said that you know their relationship Harden and Fertitta are really really close or Udoka and that will just cause more conflict.
0: Which gets me to this. Jackson brought it up. Jackson is of the opinion and mindset that Tillman will listen to Rafael, other people within the organization, and not give Harden huge money. You know, cl- close to max money. Jackson was... He had a scenario of a possible sign and trade between the Rockets and Philly. So then you get into, so Philly could get something back for James instead of losing him for nothing. And that would allow the Rockets to also add another veteran free agent, you know, trade KPJ, Jay Sean Tate, KJ Martin in the deal and sign a trade to Philly. But my thing is, do you believe Tillman would do the right thing and not give James a huge, would listen to his personnel the people in a franchise and not give him close to max money or just say, I'm an owner. I'm in charge. This is what I want. And this is what's going to happen.
1: I think it's the latter. But when I, when I hear the sign and trade piece, what's the incentive for the Houston Rockets to help Daryl Morey?
0: only in the sense of you know Jason Tate not he's not going to be here he's not going to be part of the core rotation it mm-hmm. would you get James who will still be a very good player and still have enough space to go get a veteran player like Jaco like Perdo, Brook Lopez or whoever else who be upgrades over DeSean Tate KJ Martin That scenario
1: and I'm I'm just I'm just thinking you just mentioned yeah. Brooke Lopez so okay Brook Lopez so what about help me Ching-oon. Ching-oon. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah because i saw him in cleveland and him and jabari smith they they were looking decent so do you bring in a, a veteran to take away from him and then what's the other guy Garuba. Ge- garuba garuba yeah so with brick lopez how, how does that work
0: i think garuba i think some of the younger core when they bring in two vets and it's not going to play, or they'll be traded. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, depending on who it is. But
1: yeah, it's a question
0: of, of what he may w- wants to do, because he does believe in in Alperin skill set and potential. But he did kind of say that if get a shot blocker, veteran shot blocker, he did not say that that vet would start. But it depends on who it is, and Alp right now. Come off the bench, be a strong, strong bench, you know, if you upgraded the starting center spot. So time will tell. But, Andy, do you believe Tillman would just say, I'm in charge. I want James Harden. Not, I believe the fans are going to come see James. We're going; They're going to buy tickets, and that's why I'm doing this straight. Just deep. Yes. Yes. Why? Because he's done it before. Not with the Rockets.
2: Keep going, Andy. Keep going. Oh,
1: Chris, you, you know. You know. I don't I don't know. Tell me.
0: Chris, go ahead. No, no, Andy. Go ahead. Because I want to know where you're going with this.
2: Well, the football coach at, at a certain <laughs> university not too far away, who reportedly was the main catalyst behind that hire? It's his
0: Well, you know that's his coach. That's his dude. Dana Hogerson. That's <laughs> that's his guy. He's untouchable. heaven help the Cougars. Oh my gosh. Boy.
2: But no, in our, in all seriousness, <laughs> I could totally see that happening. Especially when again, we kind of touched on it last week. The the biggest in a move for James Harden you can you can argue about the encore fit and all that. At the end of the day, the biggest reason for that, in my opinion, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on, on that, would be to to get some excitement and get more people through the turnstiles. They don't do turnstiles anymore, but basically get more butts and seats. That's Toyota sir. say. At the end of the day, that's that's the main reason behind the move. Because from a timeline perspective, it doesn't make any sense.
0: It, okay, Keith Pompey, Philadelphia Inquirer said wrote that the fans are past it, past how James left. Based According on last to- night, based on tonight so far, I think the percentage there's more fans who aren't not past it is a higher percentage than the folks who are past it. But saying all that, the Rockets still averaged 15,000 people in the building to see a team lose, to see, to, to see a young team struggle. If they was a better head coach, because you know many fans want to see when Silas gone after year two, <laughs> so they got a better head coach. We all agree to that. Yeah. They're going to improve in wins. I think that's based on having a new head coach, without bringing in James Harden. So I think they would get the, the attendance would improve simply because of internal improvement and Emi Udoka as head coach. So there's not a need to go crazy on a James Harden deal, honestly, period, but anything beyond two years. If Tillman does it, Corey, Steven, Tony, Tony, especially Tony, because Tony, <laughs> I don't know what, what Tony would do if, you know. <laughs> but who, who was, there was somebody else, I don't know if it was on Twitter in the comments section, who who said that if the Rockets, I, I think it was based on the tweet about Windhorse and the 50 million per, if the Rockets did that, that that person would become a Spurs fan. <laughs> I mean, he would be done with the Rockets. So I'm kind of curious how many Rocket fans would stop me, would no longer be Rocket fans if they gave Harden a deal like that. So Tillman's taking a, he's taking a, it could be a risk to do that, thinking that Harden on the squad would create more interest and sell more tickets.
2: Agree? Mm. Oh, definitely a risk. It would divide the fan base, especially again, depending on what type of contract it is. Because my goodness, if they give him a four-year, three-year deal, the max, it'll be equivalent to when the Texans traded DeAndre Hopkins to Dave for David Johnson.
0: Well, and they've got J-Mon here. Stone's going to have to scrap the rebuild by trading Green, Smith, or Shin Shingun. See, that's Ooh. and see that's another thing. Going back to Will's initial question about a sign and trade. Why would the Rockets give up their core, their young core? They're starting, you know, Jalen Jabari LP to help out Daryl Morey. You know, <laughs> I y'all know how I feel about Daryl Morey. I'm Rafael. Yeah. Look, we can sign James outright. Okay? So you're gonna take back who we're gonna give you. <laughs> you know, and that's gonna be KPJ, Jay Sean Tate, and KJ Martin. If that's not what you want, my boss says go sign James outright for whatever James wants. So, Darryl, you, you, you're your call. <laughs> How about that?
2: Will Rafael do that? You yeah. should. There's no reason to trade one of your core assets for James Harden. It makes no sense.
0: I I agree. And there's a question right here. Comment here. Either Tillman is serious about the future of the Rockets, or he just cares about the money. Time will tell. Other comment from Mudbone right here. He doesn't want Harden on an overpaid contract. I don't. I'm not sure there's anybody who does. Even Harden fans. Want the Rockets hell you know, Harden fans or Sixers fans. I wonder what, what Sixers fans what their thoughts were when they heard or read the stuff from Wendy. Four years, two hundred million dollar contract for James Harden? Mm. What fan thinks that's a good deal? Daryl Murray. You know, we'll, and we'll see with him, you know, because Daryl always believes and says a lot. He's the smartest man in the room. Well, If you sign James Harden to a a four-year, $200 million contract, no, you're not. No, you're you're not. And from Philly's point of view, it'd be four years, 210, and anybody else be four years, 201. Nine men between friends, you know. That's Will's in his sock drawer. You know, he got that kind of money hanging around the house. So nothing right there. But so we'll see. Don't let Tillman be another Jerry Jones. Just want tickets? Well, we're going to find out. <laughs> you know, we will see what happens because Dana Hogerson hasn't done much except go what, what is it seven and five, eight and four, and win two third tier bowl games and and piss off a lot of U of H football fans. So we'll see how that and prepare and lower the bar for expectations in Big Twelve football this first year. And Tillman's okay with that. We will see how it all plays out. Well, Mr. Big Ten, Mr. Ohio State, let's yep. shift some gears. Pete Thamel from ESPN wrote about it. See if I can pull it up here on the screen. Part. Let's go back to the beginning. Pete Thamel is basically reporting that there are problems. With uh, some people unhappy, Big Ten coaches, with the NBC side of the deal. If yep. Numbull saying that Big Ten is going to have to pay back nearly $40 million to Fox because, according to sources, Kevin Warren delivered NBC the Big Ten football title game in 2026 without the full authority to do so. This is all unfolded under the complicated backdrop of the Big Ten conference not actually controlling the rights to the inventory of the latest deal the Big Ten Network does. Owned by Fox, 40%. Yep. And they're going to have to pay back $25 million total for a deal to pay Fox for lost 2020 football inventory. COVID. <clears throat> Next, another part of it, there's tens of millions of dollars of value of the NBC primetime deal in flux as new commissioner has been Racing to ensure it keeps as much of its original value as possible. We go on and on. But I, one of the things I want to say here, because this involves the Ohio State, will. Yep. Multiple sources told ESPN there's been pushback from a number of schools, including the team up north, Ohio State, and Penn State, to play those late November night games under the new contract. That leaves Commissioner Petiti to figure out how to uphold a deal for hundreds of millions of dollars for prime time games without cooperation from some of the league's marquee teams for part of that final month. But this is what I don't understand. Within the industry, though there was an expectation that considering the scope of the deal, all schools would play in prime time. Quote from a source, the fault here is with the administration on campus. How did the presidents, chancellors, and ADs not know this? The universities all signed off on the deal.
1: Will, what are your thoughts on that? you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. You signed off on this. And, and, but to, to back it up a little bit, it makes sense when I read that now because last Monday, we could go tomorrow, it was announced that Ohio State would play Michigan State, under the lights, Mm -hmm. 7.30 NBC. And everybody to a person thought that was odd. Like, why are we announcing this in May, this random November 11th game against Michigan State at night? Okay. And then I guess to kind of cover up, they announced, oh, yeah, the Team Up North game would be a noon kickoff. Well, we always knew that. That's not an announcement. <laughs> the, the Team Up North game is always a noon kickoff, yeah. whether it's home or away. So everybody was kind of scratching their heads, like, why did they announce this November 11th night game against Michigan State? Now we know why. Now we know why.
0: So in coaches are, and the administrators, if y'all didn't read the terms of the deal, that's a you problem. <laughs> yep. You know, I mean, that's why you have attorneys, lawyers who go with the fine print. Make sure all those I's dotted, you know, T's across. So that part of it, I was like, why y'all mad at Kevin Warren for that? Right. Now, Tom Izzo and the coaches, Andy and Will and everybody watching. Tom Izzo was upset. He was upset initially when all this came out because he perceives that the coaches were not in the loop of how many games would be on linear and how many games would be on streaming platforms. You're a coach. I mean, you're a hell of a coach, Hall of Famer, but you're a coach. <laughs> okay? You're not school president. You're not the AD. How much How much thought do you think you deserve to be involved in this? What do you say, Will?
1: Thomas was always upset to start. He, he, he's never not upset. But, yeah, I mean, I, the only thing I can think of is maybe from a recruiting aspect that you want your product seen by a recruit at all times and maybe and even now in this day and age recruits have access to streaming platforms so that was the only thing i could think of i may be thinking that his product is um compromised by being on the streaming platform but most kids watch streaming platforms before they watch linear stuff anyway we're on the streaming platform right now so right yeah, yeah, it's like uh, yeah. So going back to my original statement, Tom Izzo's upset all the time. So, Tom and
0: you I- know, and other coaches, I forgot who was mentioned. Uh, Matt Painter should, should be involved with the transparency okay. of it, and I think it was Ryan Chris Day. Holman. It was Chris, Chris Holman. Chris that Holman said that. said that too. Yeah, and Ryan Day said he wanted more transparency and all, but for locally, as much power and leverage that Coach Sampson has at UH. In Houston Athletics, Brett, your mark, Bob Bowles, we're not going to Kelvin. You know, I mean, um, what are your thoughts on on our media rights deal? Do, are you, you can what should we do? What What do you want? That's not happening. That didn't happen. <laughs> <You> no, <know>? no. <laughs> so, Andy, what, what are you going to say? What are your thoughts on the issues that Big Ten's have with NBC? What we've discussed so far.
2: Well, it's certainly interesting when you read that that portion of the clip where Kevin Warren ma- sold a, the 2026 championship game uh, to NBC when he didn't necessarily have the full authority to do so. But now I agree hundred percent when it comes to the coaches side of things, you know, that stuff that's for lack of a better phrase above their pay grade. And like, you just kind of gave the comparison. It's, if you do it with one coach, then where, where do you draw the line? Cause if you're going to go with Tom Izzo at Michigan, at Michigan State, then what in the world, like, well, how many more other coaches do you have to talk to across the entire conference? And then it it becomes like you have to start talking to every single one and at the end of the day. It's not really something that, that should be up to them. It's something that needs to be decided by the higher-ups in the conference.
1: Can I say something? I just thought about it. I know, I tell a couple of things. This is focused on NBC having an issue. They have a problem with NBC. Mm-hmm. But I didn't hear anything about CBS. CBS has the Big Ten package as well. They have the afternoon right. package, but it's the prime time piece. So why is it that CBS doesn't have an issue? Well, they don't have an issue with the CBS, CBS portion.
0: Well, let me ask you this, because I didn't know this until read, reading Thamel's article. How long has yeah. it been part of the the conference or the teams about night in, in, yeah. in
1: November?
0: How long has that been? Existed? That's
1: been... Man, as long as I've been around, I've never known it not to be the case.
0: Hmm. Yep. Okay, so, you know, learn something there. Time to not shifting gears, UConn and Big 12. See if I got the right slide up here. All right. The Benedict there, that's UConn AD David Benedict. Commissioner, Big 12 Commissioner Brett mark. was in Connecticut last few days meeting with the higher-ups. Gino, not you, sorry. <clears throat> you know, Bobby, Hurt. you know, Hurley's not, not you either. You know, football coach, <laughs> not you either. Mr. Moore. With the higher ups, above pay grade. But this quote from David Benedict about possibly UConn joining the Big 12 and it, whether it's a benefit, because you know, a lot of UConn fans are thrilled to death that UConn is back in the big East, rivalries, travel, it's better fit you know, all the kind of geography, everything. But, quote from him, I don't think money guarantees success. I think you can look around the country and identify programs and those conferences that aren't winning national championships or are competitive at that level. In some cases, members of Power 5 conferences are still losing a lot of money on an annual basis, even though they're getting five times more than we are. UH. So it is not a direct or the only correlated factor in demonstrated success or future success. It certainly can help offset the financial piece, but I would have no interest in going into a situation that this is me. Personally speaking, we're going to get more money, but you're not going to be competitive in anything. That is not attractive to me at all. And that certainly was a factor in making the move back to the Big East. Thoughts on that? Do you agree with his his logic, his rationale?
1: Um, Andy, what do you think? I, I
0: you got something from a say, UConn
1: well. perspective? From a, yeah,
2: in terms of. What their fit with uh, potential Big 12 would be, or about money not necessarily constituting success? The latter. Competitive. The, latter.
1: the money piece.
2: Well, that's when you, <laughs> depends on who you asked. But, I mean, let's be, let's, let's be honest, the money drives a lot of these decisions. And quite frankly, it's probably the primary reason for. Most of these decisions, that's why UCLA and UCS, USC are heading out of the Pac-12, heading into the Big Ten a year from now.
0: But does it make sense? Does UConn to the Big 12 make sense from a UConn perspective?
2: Mm. From from the UConn perspective, I would say it does financially. Uh, now if you look at it from football shoot, their their exposure <laughs> is gonna be getting beat up more often than not and going oh one win two Oh we lost you. Andy we lost goal. you. There. There you go. You're, you're, back you're back now. You're back now. Yeah. What I was gonna say is that in football, they'll be going through seasons where they're, they're going through one-win, two-win, zero-win conference seasons. But at the end of the day, for the school as a whole, we'll be getting more financial benefits. And from a basketball perspective, it'll definitely benefit them in that side of things. Would it? In, I in think what, it in, would. In in basketball, how so? In terms of, the, the again, going back to the finances that they'd be receiving and not... Arguably arguably potentially in the more marquee matchups they uh
0: I mean they're blue blood already. Now once again they're the blue blood, blood once again. The reigning champs. men's basketball of course we're talking Right, men's right, right. Right. Not.
2: right. But hmm. it's a good argument, but I think financially the the resource they would be getting would trump whatever benefit or lack thereof of the Football success that they would not have (laughs) with Trump, in my opinion.
0: And this is what they paid to leave the AAC, 17 million to leave the AAC, another three and a half to the Big East. UConn would owe the Big East a $30 million exit fee if they left before its seventh year as a member. Any entry fee would have to be negotiated with the Big 12. Thoughts on that? The money part of it, the money piece. Steven says too much traveling for for UConn to make it worth it.
2: Hmm. Mm. Thoughts on you would be really close to when they were in the American Athletic Conference in terms of the travel.
1: Well
2: I don't think that'd be that big of a factor.
1: Cincinnati would be in the big twelve at that time. West Virginia? West Virginia. Those were big East schools, essentially. Were
0: you know, UCF down the coast yep. and they're winning now. You know, obviously I know UConn fans when they were in the American, the Robbies weren't there and blah, blah, blah. Well, after they won the, the championship, Kevin Ollie, the program started falling off. So they weren't good. Fans stopped come to the games. Well, they're good again. And, If they're playing Kansas twice a season, regular season, the non-conference games won't change. You know, Houston, Baylor, they're still playing very good teams in the Big 12. As long as they're good, the attendance should still be good. So that part of it, I think they'd be okay. Rivalries, you know, geographic rivalries depend on the sport, depend on the fan base. It's out of it's out of it's not reality, <laughs> you know. Houston, it's, it's an issue because Houston fans are just lazy. They don't want to support anything that doesn't look like Southwest Conference days. But can, can I? Farewell.
1: can I go back to that Pete Thamel story just real yes. quick? Because right, I'm not coming for Pete Thamel. I understand he's a award-winning journalist, has sources, but he mentions that the 2026 Big Ten Championship game mm-hmm. that. Kevin Warren gave the C- or NBC, he didn't have the authority to do so, so they owe Fox uh, $40 million right. as a result, nearly $40 million. But what he doesn't mention, and that's why I was scrolling through looking, because I was like, that doesn't sound right. The 2024 Big Ten Championship game will be on CBS. But there's nothing mentioned there about any payback to Fox for that jet. That just is interesting to me.
0: You know, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good point. We'll see how it all, how it all plays out. The, and the timing of this is kind of strange, too, because yeah. it's, it's May 21st, you know. So, right. Okay, well, Andy, from a Big 12 perspective, why is, would Brett Mark want UConn in the Big 12?
2: The northeastern market for the New England market? Does it make sense? In what way?
0: From your market perspective, to to expand the conference to the northeast. Make the Big 12 a national conference. Does that make sense?
2: It it builds in depth and, and exposes your conference connections a little farther up northeast, so in that way it does.
0: But what about the student ath- assets? Oops, I mean student athletes. What about them?
2: Again, going back to the comment by Stephen Wall, I mean compared to the travel they would have to do in the Big 12, it, it wouldn't be that much different from the travel they had to do they were the in the American Athletic Conference until they have to factoring in BYU, which and any potential potential future other additions that would be farther out West. But at that point it, it would be the, the quote unquote super conference might not be the right word for it, but at that point one and one thing that's not,
0: not mentioned, no surprise is when Yukon was in the American UConn women's basketball, their deal with SNY TV network was an issue because UConn women's hoops, men as well, but specifically women's basketball, have a pre and post game show. One of the few, especially for women's basketball, college basketball, have pre and post game shows airing on SNY. The American... Part of the deal with ESPN—that's basically tier three rights. That stuff was on ESPN Plus. Geno, this is not good. I don't like it. <clears throat> that was a big fact. UConn fans didn't like it. You know they were going to lose the SNY part of their package. SNY extended that. Now the UConn's back in the Big East. They're continuing that for when, for basketball, but women's basketball especially. If they go to the Big Twelve, Andy, the tier three rights for every every member of school in the Big Twelve is where ESPN Plus. Big Twelve now on ESPN Plus. So, Gino, it's above your pay grade. But once <laughs> again, I wonder if the AD Dave Benedict will take your phone calls. Dave, you can't do this to me, man. Or Chris Daly, whoever's going to be the coach once Geno steps down. We just left the conference that was going to take us off SNY. Don't do this to me. We're already losing. We're not winning national championships like we used to. Come on, David. You can't do this to me, man. Would that carry any sway at all, Dave Benedict? What What, what do y'all think?
2: I think I wanted to bring up this comment from D Skills, which. It- that's another great point. Uh, again, going back to the tie into that region.
0: Oh, yeah. I know why Brett Youngmark wants to do it. No doubt. <laughs> oh, yeah. But from a basketball perspective and men's basketball for UConn, they, they feel like being in the Big East is part of their birthright. It's part of who they are. It's part of their, their blood, their reason for living is being in the Big East. Hurley, Geno, everybody, UConn fans, alums, we belong in the big East. So president, David Benedict, but the big 12 is gonna pay us $35 million, $40 million a year, 45 million a year. Is that gonna be enough reason for them to, well, okay. That's more than the eight million we got in American, so yeah, yeah, let's let's go to the big 12. What, what do you think is going to happen because that's more money, less exposure on your regional networks in New York? Because Andy, to your point about Rucker Park and expanding for the conference in quote, being national, but you would potentially lose the option of having games on SNY instead they'll be on ESPN Big 12 now on ESPN Plus is that going to be is money increase going to be enough to convince those fans that this is worth it
2: well right now with the basketball only part of the Big East and football operating as an independent how much are they bringing in
0: it ain't ain't 35 million (laughs) dollars I know that (laughs) That's for sure. You know, they are doing some renovations. And before the move to the Big East, they were in the hole. They were more in the hole than Houston in terms of the subsidies they were getting and and things like that from the university as a whole rather than the athletic department. Because what was it? It was like $40 million. They were were struggling because football was bad. Nobody's going to football. and football makes the world go around. You know, college sports world go around. So they were losing Copious amounts of money, and that was another reason that they justified going back to the big east as an independent. They could schedule, they could get money games, and they could help kind of start cutting into the budget deficit. But if they go to the big 12, 35 million per eventually, that would help reduce your deficits sooner than. Being in the Big East and getting, I'm not sure what these teams getting from Fox Sports currently, but that deal goes, comes up, goes up at 25, 2025. Uh, that's like, I think, $500 million started in 2013. So the payout that they're getting currently pales to what they would get in a move to the Big 12. Do you think it would happen? Will happen. We know about your mom wants to do. We know that, no question. But do you think the Yukon people would say, "Well, this is better than American because of the money," not necessarily because of rivalries. The money.
2: When you're potentially getting three times, four times as much, I think so, and I think a big, a big. Maybe not necessarily in the near future, but whatever happens with the Atlantic Coast Conference and the Pac-12 Conference very well could could be another factor in it, in my opinion.
0: Thank you, Andy. That's be the last part of discussion on this edition of Folks Talk Sports. ACC, they had their meetings this week. The Magnificent Seven part of some, including Florida State, Clemson, Miami, NC State, Virginia, Virginia Tech had discussed possible ways to either increase the revenue, have unequal revenue distribution, looking into how to get out of the the grant of rights, possibly a dissolution of the conference, a lot of different scenarios. What do you think will happen with the ACC within the next five years?
1: my mind wants to tell me, and I know we just talked about how the football makes the world go around in college in college sports, and it does. If there was a caveat to that, I would say it's ACC. Because in the ACC, <laughs> Tobacco Road, it's basketball. Clemson is, in the last decade, seemingly the top gun, so to speak, in the conference. But in totality, in the history of the league, it's been North Carolina basketball, Duke basketball, NC State basketball. Further down the road, and and, and, and in the past, um, so think it. Uh, Jim Phillips, you know, former AD Northwestern, is now the, the commissioner of the ACC and is taking shots, big time, <laughs> big time.
0: No fault of his own because the no, deal was already yeah. made before he, he, right. he was hired.
1: Yeah. exactly, exactly. So, you know, I think it's still a, a situation where North Carolina and Duke basketball are going to – and I know, I know the president at Florida State made some comments. I, I, I read that. And, you know, he – I get it. I get it. He's looking at the SEC. He's looking at the Big Ten. Like, these these schools are getting $70, 80000000 million per – I'm getting, I'm getting a little more than half that. Something has to change.
0: But beyond but, leaving the, the conference, how else are they going to narrow that
1: gap? Right, exactly. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. That, that's. I just don't see a, a full disillusion of the, you know, of the conference. Uh, I don't know. That's gonna be interesting. It'd be interesting to see how this all plays out.
0: You know, and I want to comment on Steven right here. What does UConn have to be to better the competition in the Big Twelve other than basketball? Being in the Northeast region. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's it, because um, honest, market. honestly, what does what did Rutgers have? To, New York to, Metropolitan Market? To the Big Ten. Yep. <laughs> Maryland. So yeah, Maryland, what do they have? UCLA has not been good in a lot of stuff. So that's that's really part of how this all plays out. And I'm gonna toss some rocks. Other than men's basketball, what does Houston have to offer the Big Twelve? Because football <clears throat> has underachieved. Track. Track.
1: No revenue.
0: Yeah, non-revenue <laughs> sports. Revenue sports, it's uh, men's volleyball. basketball. Don't even have to offer women's basketball because it's not on the same, nowhere near the same p- tier as UConn women's basketball. So it depends on location, geography, different factors. But Andy said it. Will said it. Brett Yormark wants to get into the Northeast. That's the, that's the his whole reason to do it. And I know D skills being is this. I don't even know if this is true. That the UH has it a heck golf team. It is really,
2: yep. Big twelve, big twelve ready golf team. Well, I don't know what Big Twelve golf looks like, but in the American Athletic Conference, UH <laughs> golf was more than did more than enough to hold its own.
0: That's uh, very good. Hey, the baseball team is two seed. You know, going to the conference. We shall nice. see. <laughs> you know, we know. shall see what
1: they do in the conference tournament. Speaking of non revenue sports, I got to give a shout out to my Ohio State men's tennis team. They he, win? They lost in the national championship match today. They beat okay. TCU yesterday to make it to the, to the national final, and they lost today. I, I apologize. It, it escapes me who they lost to Virginia. But they lost to Virginia. Thank yep. you. They lost to Virginia. So, no, they did not win. But shout out to Coach Ty Tucker and the men's tennis team of Ohio State National runner-ups.
0: So I think Virginia is uh, back-to-back champs. I know that that's two in a row. But softball, you ate softball? No. But I mean, there's different reasons for why a conference wants certain programs, certain schools. So UConn, Brett Yarmark, the next media rights deal, he's hoping to really monetize basketball. And UConn, part of the Big 12, that would help that. That's for sure. <laughs> you know? So men's and women's basketball would help monetize in the next deal for the conference. And UConn women's basketball in the Big 12 would help restore the Big 12 women's hoops to national relevance. Because once Kim Mookie left for LSU, Baylor taking a step down. Everybody else, Texas has not held up their end of the bargain. And plus, Texas is going to the SEC in another year. So, there's another reason potentially down the line for UConn to join the Big 12. All right, fellas, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you very much to everyone for chiming in for your comments, for watching us on YouTube, as well as on Twitter at Folks Talk Sports. Will the Lakers get swept? No,
1: oh, if I ask me that. Um, no, Game 5 wins tonight in Denver. Andy, legs Lakers no. get swept. No, I think they take
2: one. They'll take tomorrow.
0: Boston get swept?
2: Ooh, no, no. 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 I wouldn't be surprised. Th- this will be... I'll, I'll say this. If they, if they win game three, I wouldn't be surprised if they somehow pull off the upset and go back to Boston tied 2-2. they lose today, then I think they get swept.
1: Will? No. I, I just can't believe it. Although, I say no, but I just keep seeing Jimmy Butler in my mind. So, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. No, 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 no. They don't get swept.
0: Imagine what ABC is thinking about a potential
2: Denver-Miami NBA Finals. Sick. I mean, Denver has been the best team for the whole season doesn't matter. doesn't
0: matter. Come comes ratings. It <laughs> doesn't nope. matter. Especially nope. to the, the average fan. Average nope. fan knows LeBron. Average fan knows Steph. You know, that's the reason why they watch the finals, because of name players. Jimmy they know gonna know name. They're going
2: to the na- learn the name Nikola Jokic. Nope. And Jamal they Martin. won't watch.
1: Nope, they won't watch. watch. They're
0: not, they're not even going to tune in. It'll be just basketball junkies. Basketball fans will watch the finals if it's Nuggets in, in the heat. That's this. You know, that's That's it. Folks, for all the the talk about hating dynasties in any level of sports, NFL, basketball, NBA, college, whatever, dynasties generate ratings. Even if it's to see them lose, people tune in to see them win or lose. And yep. Joker against Jimmy Buckets. Jimmy who? What's his name? His, right. his last name is Buckets. Is that his real name? Last name Buckets, right? No, I mean, that's what they <laughs> that's probably what folks would get. And Denver has been the best team. Joker's playing great. Jamal Murray's rolling. Fans, like, fans wouldn't care. Kyle
1: Lowry, Kyle Hero. Nah, man, damn.
0: Who? Who's that? Who? Who?
1: Bam, bam. Out of, by. I know it's out of bio, but I'm ben, just saying, the average fan. Bam Bam, is that it? Yes, is, right.
0: Is, is he named after the Flintstones character Bam Bam? Right. So yeah, you know. Right. So yeah. All right. It'll be a good hope. Yeah. Chorus correct here. I agree here. It'd be it'd be fun to watch. Be competitive. Yeah. Yeah. Ratings wise, <laughs> no. But that's just how it is. Wrapping it up, Andy Janes. Yep. How can folks find you on social media, sir?
2: They can find me on Twitter at S underscore five Chris.
1: Will Gibson, how about you? How can folks find you? also find me on Twitter and Instagram on at WillGibson7.
0: And of course, as it says on the screen there, but I'll have it on the scroll as well. Find me Twitter at VHRReview, Houston Round Bar Review on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, HoustonRoundBarReview.com. Of course, our show is Folks Talk Sports on Twitter as well as on the Houston Round Bar Review, YouTube Channel, we're gonna go watch some hoops in a few minutes. Thank you, everybody, and hope you enjoyed the show. We talked about Rockets, Cougs, Big Ten, ACC, NBA. That's what we do here on Folks Talking Sports. So, if you want to, if you're interested in advertising, by all means, hit me up and email me at kgardner at thehrr.com. There it is, right there reasonable rates for advertising. Oh wow I didn't know you could do a a scroll and a, a pin. That's cool. Learn something new right there. Excellent. But yeah, seriously, if you want to advertise on our shows, my show, Andy's on Post Lamajma, I can put you in contact with him as well. We still got big plans going forward with the Big 12 in Houston. Hopefully at some point this month I have another interview with someone higher up in the Big 12 conference. But as always, thank you for your time, your questions and your comments. And we will see you next Sunday, gentlemen, or maybe this Thursday on the launch break. Uh, Possibly. Excellent. Everybody, take care. Until next time, peace.